Hello, Googleization Nation, and welcome to the Future of Leadership, a GGG Unleashed podcast with thought leader Paul McCarthy. I'm Ira Wolf. And I'm Jason Cochran. In each of Paul's episodes, we'll cover practical insights, tips, and executable activities to get you thinking about the future of leadership in your organization. Let's begin. It's time to reframe the narrative. It's time to create the conditions for our leaders, leadership teams, and organizations to have truly open and honest conversations that matter. For those who don't know me, I'm Paul Mack from Paul Mack Leadership. I'm just a poor boy from Shepherd's Bush, and I've always challenged the way things are done. To that extent, I've adopted a counterintuitive approach to the future of leadership that's starting to gain traction. Please be advised, what I share is raw, it's unconventional, but it's always focused on having the conversations that we need to be having. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about outdated leadership hiring systems. The process to identify, recruit, onboard, and develop leaders is a lengthy one. Today, we're going to talk about the identification, recruitment, and onboarding of leaders. Did you know that on average, it takes between two to three months and between seven to nine interviews to recruit a leader-level talent into your organization? It's costly, both in time and money. The majority of approaches to identifying, recruiting, and onboarding leaders still use outdated approaches. They use outdated systems and mechanisms to evaluate a leader's fit within the organization. According to Brandon Hall Group, a bad hire is defined as someone who negatively impacts organizational productivity, performance, retention, and culture. Let me challenge you with something. What if these bad hires are actually revealing to organizations that our ways of identifying, recruiting, and onboarding leaders are ineffective, that they're outdated and will need to be evolved as part of regenerating the future of leadership? We've wrongly been led to believe that the way we identify, recruit, and onboard leaders is effective, and that bad hires are an exception to a system that works. But what if that narrative isn't accurate? Those who know me know that I've been deemed a bad hire by the organizations that would eventually fire me for demonstrating the leadership qualities that they originally hired before. The common narrative in the HR industry is that if we introduce a standardized interview process for leaders, that will reduce the probability of then making a bad hiring decision. I and the research don't agree. Research I conducted over six to 12 months introduced me to a range of biases and inconsistencies. And here's the thing, very few of us want to openly talk about it. Those who were considered to be bad hires or just not a fit for the organization rarely question if the leadership identification, recruitment, and onboarding processes are at fault. Instead, they assume that they're themselves to blame. Yet progressive organizations are beginning to realize that their processes must evolve must adapt in order to ensure that they continue to identify, recruit, and retain the right people. Spotify is one such organization who opt to interview candidates for what they call cultural fit rather than an alignment to an advertised and existing job profile. If a candidate is considered a cultural fit by Spotify, they are then contacted when a suitable role arises. 
Let me throw a few questions out to you. As a VP of HR, a chief people officer, or a CEO who's listening to this, when was the last time you reviewed the effectiveness of your leadership identification, recruitment, and onboarding processes, especially given the evolving ways that we are now working as part of the future of work and evolving workforce needs? How might your processes evolve if you hired for cultural fit before a role was actually available? Let me share a personal story with you. As a new leader joining a new organization, I've always hoped that things would be different around here. As many organizations I've worked with tend to make a big deal of onboarding. If you're in any doubt about what effective onboarding is supposed to look like, let me give you some research which illustrates this quite perfectly. Organizational socialization or onboarding is a process through which new employees move from being organizational outsiders to becoming organizational insiders. Onboarding refers to the process that helps new employees learn the knowledge, skills, and behaviors they need to succeed in their new organizations. Well, that at least was the promise of onboarding. Like most things, it's failed to live up to its ideal. I've been involved in planning and facilitating numerous glossy leadership onboarding processes that featured beautifully designed posters, plenty of refreshments, introductory videos, carefully scripted handout packages, and more swag than you could carry. Sometimes there was even a plan for a staged drop-in by one of the most senior people in the organization who would give what we would call an impromptu motivational speech concluded with a rallying cry. Like living in the episode of The Truman Show or watching an episode of The Waltons, all of this is fiction. Whilst the details may vary, for most organizations, onboarding consists of a mind-numbingly boring day of filling out HR paperwork, signing compliance forms, setting up a password with IT, reviewing endless corporate policies. I'm sure you did this too, didn't you? According to HBR, one in four of your leaders right now is currently considering leaving your organization within the first 12 months of joining it. A sobering reality. How about this? Gallup's perspective on exit programs that retain stars and build brand ambassadors reveals that over 50% of talent interviewed as part of existing exit programs had no contact with their immediate manager within the last three months prior to them leaving the organization. And what surprises me even more, if they had had contact with their manager within the last three months of being at that organization, a staggering 50% of them would have stayed in the organization. Building on this, the authors of Onboarding Isn't Enough reveal that the solid majority of executives experience what the authors term a level one basic orientation onboarding process. This involves sharing information about company policies, team member evaluations, organizational structure, strategy, and business results. Essentially, the company provides raw data and the new leader studies and interprets it independently. If the executive is given anything more qualitative, there is no support to ensure that its significance is well understood. The author's research shows that about two thirds of all global companies still take this approach. Another 25% provide an active assimilation level of onboarding, and that goes beyond the bare minimum. 
The extent of this is organizing conversations with key stakeholders in the company. That's it. To fully bring someone on board, shouldn't it entail more than the bare minimum and some conversations? Considering a typical leader's salary and tenure, shouldn't you want to accelerate their assimilation into your organization as quickly as possible? Think back to when you began your current position. How long did it take for you to be productive? The same author's research report that it took 60% of leaders six months to reach that state. Another 20% said it took them more than nine months. And that's why the authors of this research are proponents of what they call level three. A level three approach to leader onboarding is when the organization designs an experience tailored to the incoming leader, which includes leadership workshops, team building exercises, strategy focused sessions, and insights on how to navigate the organization's unique cultural challenges. Here's some food for thought. How about asking all leaders to your organization to conduct an informal assessment and evaluation of your talent onboarding processes? That way you're receiving feedback from a fresh pair of eyes and constantly evolving your leader level onboarding processes. So as we wrap this episode up, I'm curious for you to understand and reflect on the following areas. What are the advantages of recruiting leaders using a cultural fit approach similar to what Spotify does? How about also taking some time to review your own organization's current leader level onboarding processes and experiences? Be honest here, please, because I really want you to look at whether you're at level one, two, or three, as the authors suggest. If you're not content to remain where you are, then reach out for a confidential chat with me. I'd love to help you to ensure that you find, attract, and retain the right leaders for your organization. Episode three will go into outdated leader hiring systems in much more detail. Part two, if you like. And that's where we're going to explore much more of the role that you play in outdated leadership hiring systems. This episode has covered the what. The next episode is going to cover the how. I'd encourage you to reach out to me on all the usual channels if you want to connect and stay tuned for more episodes coming. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and learning about the future of leadership. We'll be back next month with Paul for another episode. But until then, please visit Paul's website for additional resources at paulmacleadership.com. And until next time, don't let the shift hit your plans.